You're listening to Progress in Mind and Body. This podcast aims to provide you with nutrition, lifestyle and mindset tips that you can take into your everyday life. So let's get started. Okay, so this is series two then. So we're starting off talking about dog tired then, Laura. So what's what's our thoughts on this? Mm-hmm. Well, we kind of chatted about what we were wanting this next series to be about. And we kind of thought it would be nice to have it uh, a bit more on what we talk regularly to our clients about in our practices. Yeah. And fatigue is really common with most of my clients um which I'm sure they're kind of in there with your clients as well but I think all of us especially in the last couple of years um even more so have felt that fatigue and that tiredness so what I wanted to chat a bit yes. about today was um some of the reasons why yep yeah that sounds great yeah yeah I I, I totally agree um I I guess it's probably something that we've we're familiar with ourselves as well. Um, and to me, I mean, I'm sure you'll know more detail on this kind of thing than I do um, in relation to your your nutrition. Um, but there's obviously various kinds of fatigue as well, whether it's physical fatigue, um, you know, whether it's caused by exercise, lifestyle choices, etc. Um, but there's mental fatigue, obviously, in there as well, um, caused by by stressors um, that we're kind of placing on ourselves. So it'd be good to chat a bit more about that side as but well. That mental that. fatigue or that, and, and as you said, <clears throat> I think that's really important is where do you, how do you feel the fatigue in your body? So I would always start off by asking people to kind of do that check-in and see physically where do they feel it? So in the yeah. locations, where do they feel it? At what particular time of the day do they feel it? How do they feel when they wake up in the morning? <laughs> Versus yes. how do they feel at, you know, mid-morning, maybe in the afternoon, and then again, checking in again before bedtime. Because um, all of those little things can tell us a lot. Um, and you mentioned about kind of that that brain fatigue, but you can also be kind of the inability to concentrate or yeah. um, brain fog or, you know, and, and I, quite a lot of people will say to me, you know, something that I was able to concentrate on this morning, I just cannot have that same clarity of thought anymore so don't have the capacity yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's funny um i something i speak to my my coaching clients about quite a lot um um when it comes to the kind of fatigue it's very common that something happens and it's the the straw that broke the camel's back so to speak and uh it isn't actually the thing that happens in the moment that sends the person over the edge. It's a, it's a buildup of numerous other things which has led it to that point, yeah. which has caused that kind of mental fatigue, caused that stress. And um, what I try to get people to visualise as an example is, you know, your old pirate ships and the you know people walk the plank, you know, I've got the pirate ship. So I kind of visualise it in a way that if your stress stressors and your um, your thoughts are slowly moving you closer and closer to the edge of the plank, that there's just one final thing that happens which makes you fall off the edge and into the water. Um, what would happen if we started removing those stress, those stresses, those things that are potentially building up anxieties? And 
eventually we want to keep you moving further back to you're in the boat is the way I kind of look yeah. at it. So that you've got a clear mind, so to speak, that your mind isn't fogged, that you don't have, you've got space to con consider things and think about things and that you're not getting that fatigue and that feeling that somebody saying the wrong thing in the wrong moment is enough just for you tip to you snap over. and everything, yeah. to tip you over the edge, yeah. 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 And you know, I like, isn't that kind of come down to resilience to a certain extent? You know, you're, you're taking, being able to take that kind of those stressors away. And I would, you know, so let's talk about the impact of stress first, because the, the impact yeah. of long-term stress um, is definitely a factor in, contributing to fatigue for a couple of different reasons and um, so when we have got that acute or that really short-term stress response as you know is is healthy it's what we need to be able to have so if we are walking down the street and cross the road and a bus comes we are able to jump back and we are able yeah. to kind of respond and not get knocked down it's when we have got those chronic that chronic stress over a long period of time, or as you described, all those little things, and those little things add up. Um, and you just, you you like your analogies in the same way as I like my analogies. So anybody listening to us, if they don't <laughs> like them, I would turn it off because we're both as bad as each other. <laughs> but I describe like a jar of energy, right? And I kind of, I in my jar, I, I imagine it's full of like pebbles or stones or like, you know, those like bacon pebbles that you use for bacon. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So, so we've all got a jar. And when we've got stressors, no matter what they are, we're empty in our jar, right? Yeah. So we're, we're giving up, we're giving out of our jar. So whether that is work stressors, it's getting up in the morning to do some, what our to-do list or family, whatever, we're, the jar's just being emptied. Yeah. Right. At some point, if we are not topping that jar back up again, we're going to fall off the plank, in your analogy. Yes. So we're going to have no ability to cope with anything else. Our jar is just going to be empty. So what I do with a lot of my clients is, is help them build, put beads into that jar, right? So Or balls or pebbles or whatever. So it's like, you know, what can we do? to help to fill that up a bit more that you can cope with those everyday stressors we cannot get rid of our work a lot of the time our family are there you know yes so you know you know are we, are we eating the right foods are we eating the nutrients that are really important for our nervous system are we cutting the foods out that aren't great for our nervous system and um, yeah. are we having mind, you know, moments for ourselves, moments of joy, you know? Yeah. Um, so right. what, what can we do to kind of fill up that jar? Because when we are in that chronic stress response, when we're in that treadmill or that like alert system, we're firing, as you know, we're firing cortisol and we're firing adrenaline constantly. And yep. um, that can then lead to fatigue. For sure. And um, I suppose, I mean, it's a, a bigger conversation here with regards to anxieties and um, overthinking. But um, the, the, the brain power it takes with regards to overthinking um, is, a, is a massive contribution yeah. to, uh, to fatigue. And listen, I know from the amount of people I work with on a regular basis, how many people overthink and would classify themselves as an overthinker and have you know, um, anxieties built up around that that also um here's another analogy um i the way i kind of look at it a little bit is if your thoughts were marshmallows 
and you're squidging marshmallows into your head to try and get as many thoughts as you can. You're retaining thoughts. Um, sooner or later, there's not enough space for all the marshmallows. They all squidge into each other and you've reached your capacity in terms of the thoughts. What if there was a way to deal with your thoughts in the moment so that you weren't overloading the brain with marshmallows or with, mm -hmm. with these thoughts? And um, what if you were dealing with it in the moment? Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, a, an example of this, for example, would be an example, for example, um, if you are driving and um, you accidentally cut somebody off, right? How long are you likely to think about that? Not very long. You put your hand up, you say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I did that. And then you continue on with your drive, continue on with your day. If you're the person in the other car who gets cut off, how long are you likely to think about that? Now, some people might say, well, not that long, but others might think, well, I dwell on that all day. You know, and you overthink it and you get road rage and, and, and what have you. Um, what you need to consider is the person who's cut you off hasn't dealt, has dealt with it straight away. They've made the mistake, they've moved on, it hasn't affected them the rest of the day. If something like that has the ability to affect you for the rest of the day, what would happen if you pulled the car over to the side and actually dealt with it in the moment? Dealt with it and looked at it in such a way such as, right, that wasn't nice, what happened there. Um, it was potentially dangerous. However, I'm okay. The kids in the back are okay. We're all safe. You know, there's not been a bash in the car or anything like that. You know, um, the most important things are in place here. So let's get over it or let's just get on with the day and deal with it in the moment. That's just an example of something that could happen in day to day, but that's but an that, example that, of something so you could dwell on. The way that on. you deal with that, right, will either have um, a negative or a positive effect on, on your body then, right? Correct. So whenever, right. if you don't deal with it in the moment with what you've just spoken about, you can be failing those emotions in your body for the rest of the day. You might then, you know, choose to not go and see a friend because you're annoyed you know yes. or you might then yep. choose not to go out for a walk or you might choose to eat a whole chocolate cake right whatever that might look <laughs> like but also the physiological effect of that in your body without the responses will still have an effect dealing with it in the moment it's going to have less of a physiological effect is how i see yeah, what you've absolutely you're right, it's a knock-on effect. It's um, it, it's what it causes to other parts of your day or even your week. And the other thing on top of that is if you choose not to go and catch up with a friend that you, you know, you've decided to put off on this yeah. basis, then you feel bad about yeah. the fact you put your friend off, yeah. which then causes more internal stress, which makes it yeah. even worse. So it's it's a real vicious cycle. Yeah. Um, or you feel guilty kind of about the chocolate not cake. Dealing with stuff. Or you, yeah, or you, correct. you know, beat yourself up for not going out for the walk, or you a day later are really annoyed at yourself for not going to see the friend because you've missed them and you've not spoken to them. So the knock-on yeah. effect, exactly. And I think that so you know when coming kind of coming back to fatigue and coming back to some of the reasons is you know when somebody comes to me with like I would really like more energy. I am really noticing I'm rock bottom in energy. First thing I would be is really picking apart how that feels to them, right? Because yes. as you said, my fatigue is going to be different from how you would perceive it and that kind of thing. Then the next thing would be talking around uh, the bigger picture of 
how their life looks you know what we'll talk about diet in a wee minute but you know do they feel stressors what are their potential stressors how do they feel that in their body is that contributing to their fatigue because when we're in that kind of that fight or flight response or fight flight or freeze response I also read someone the other day faint has been added in there too so fight 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 flight faint or freeze yeah um, but anyways, easy one to say that well here listen um, <laughs> and yeah so when we're in that response and our digestive system slows down so yeah. when we are in that on in that kind of tunnel vision mode of i need to do this that this that but do this that da, 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 our body's not ready to have a meal our body's not ready to eat because our body feels like it's running away from a tiger and if you're running from a tiger you're not going to sit down and eat and yes. So our stomach acid and our digestive enzymes reduce, right? So it's our natural adaptive function of our body of you're running here, you don't you don't need to digest. Um, and quite a lot of us override that. And especially if you think if we're in that chronic stress response, we do override that. We we yeah. eat really unconsciously. Um so then if we come if I think that kind of flows as natural nicely into kind of digestion and and what is our digestive ability like because if we're not breaking our food down properly whether that's because of stressors or whether that's because our digestive system just isn't working optimally and we're not going to be getting the goodness from our food we are going to be we're not going to be breaking it down properly and I have seen over the years some clients a lot of clients come to me when their 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 diets are way better than mine um, but their digestive system is just not working as well as we would like it to work. Yeah. And then whenever we can really support the digestive system, um, and in our next episode, we're going to t- talk a wee bit more about that. So I don't want to go into too much detail yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if we can really optimize that, makes sense, we're going to be getting the goodness from our diet. So, you know, we're going to be breaking the food down properly, breaking down the carbs and the fats and the proteins, and then we're going to be getting all those nutrients from a from a our food. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose brings on that that slightly different topic with regard with regards to the same thing with regards to uh, fatigue, sleep. I mean, um, from what you're saying there as well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but. With regards to breaking your food down and how effectively you're doing that um, will also impact your sleep, uh, how efficiently you're doing that. And then on the other side of it, when we're thinking about more the mindful side of it as well, your internal stressors, um, Mm -hmm. things that are going on in your head also affect sleep. sleep. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, um, we've all got kind of optimal levels individually, how how much we go to. And I've got a controversial statement here, Laura, with regards to sleep, because I was always told you must have eight hours sleep, right? And I believed that for a long time until I started sleeping for six hours, but getting a good quality sleep for six hours and realizing I don't need need eight hours. I started feeling more lethargic after eight hours. And um, I changed my philosophy and my mindset towards sleep along the the route of, well, first of all, if I sleep for six hours instead of eight, I can get more done in the day because I'm awake for longer. Um, But also... um, I'm more of the opinion that it's quality rather than quantity when it comes to sleep. So if I have six hours of quality sleep versus 
eight hours, which the quality is not as good. I always feel better after six. Um, but obviously, if I'm not eating right or I'm not digesting my food correctly or if I've got things I'm worried about mm-hmm. or if I'm not, you know, kind of um, unloading my, my brain, so to speak, prior to bed of anything that's likely to keep me up lying there, thinking about mm-hmm. things that's preventing me from relaxing and getting into a good sleep routine and pattern, all going to affect me and it's going to make, it's going to fatigue me, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Um, it's interesting about that number of hours of sleep. So I put out on um, Instagram yesterday, if anybody had anything that particularly wanted us to cover, and somebody did ask about that optimal a number of hours of sleep. And, yeah. you know, a lot of the research, is used, a lot of the research does say eight hours, you know, like Matthew yeah. Walker in his um, Why We Sleep book says eight hours, you know, and he's like kind of reading up, kind of up there at the research with eight hours. I think it's really individual, you know, and um, I think it's if we if we can get, ev- as you just mentioned, the diet right if you're moving during the day, if you're managing your stressors, if you're drinking enough water, whenever I say the diet yeah. right, you know I don't mean uh, uh, the, the healthiest, cleanest, whatever that looks like. A balanced yes. diet, you know, balanced. getting nutrients, yeah. right? So getting nutrients, but also get breaking it down and getting the nutrients. The quality of sleep, I think, is hugely important. Um, and that's where I would be. What I would be asking you is, how do you feel when you wake up in the morning? Do you feel refreshed whenever you wake up in the morning? Yeah, me personally, yes, I do. Um, I mean, uh, to be honest, you know, we had all those storms earlier in the year. Yeah. Like, um, I didn't even wake up. Like, yeah. <laughs> my my wife would tell you, like, I'm the once I'm asleep, I'm asleep. There's no waking me. So I yeah. am a very deep sleeper. So I do believe the quality of my sleep is very good. good. Mm-hmm. Um, my my bedtime routines getting better it's not perfect but I'm going to my bed earlier and getting up earlier as part of my kind of routines um I'm a huge believer of um clearing my head before bed as well and having a real wind down I think yeah. that's really what do you important. do to do that well do you know what something as simple as just dimming the lights or turning lights off or only just having like a, a lamp on instead of a big light's a big deal in an hour before you go to bed so your body's naturally starting to slow down um reduce screen time obviously is another thing as well um something that i work with my clients a lot is and sleep's a big thing by the way that this is something that a lot of people say i just don't sleep and then so we find out the reasons as to why they're not sleeping so let's just for example i had a lady that said um i'm not sleeping because i'm worried about the kids and i'm like right okay and where are the kids at this point when you're lying in bed? They're asleep. Okay. So can you have a conversation with the kids at this point? Other than going and waking them up, which those those of us who've got kids, that's not a good idea, is it? You know, so um, yeah, okay, I can't go and wake them up. Right. If something's important that needs to be said to the kids and discussed with the kids, if there's things that you're that are stressing you, write it down. So empty your brain, write things down in a bit of paper. Um, once you've written that down in a bit of paper, you can put that to one side, you can park it and say, this will be discussed with the, the kids tomorrow when they're awake and it's the appropriate time to do so. Not 11 o'clock at night when everyone else in the, the house is asleep. And then I said to her, once you've done that, 
what I want you to do is I want you to write down either three things that you're grateful for. And it could be the children. It could be you live in a beautiful area and you feel blessed to be able to walk for half an hour in that area. It could be that, uh, you know, the, the grass is green and the countryside's green and I get to see that. Or it could be, as my kid said before, um, a trampoline that we used to have that blew away in the wind. We're grateful for that, which I think was really code word for I want the new trampoline. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but, you know, so practicing your gratitude, I think, is a good thing because that's leaving the day in the positive. Or, and or, um, write down three wins. What went really well today? You know, um, you had a nice conversation with someone in the local shop. Um, you saw something really nice happen between two other people, something that you observed. Um, one of the kids got good feedback from the teacher at school. Whatever it is, but three wins, three bits of positivity, things that have gone really well. Because finishing the day in that positive mood with a smile on your face will 100% help you sleep better. And I'm a massive believer of that. That's And if I could say one thing that's been a game changer for my clients, it's that. Yeah, because what you've, what you've described, like with your bedtime routine, but also with mm. the gratitude and offloading those those kind of um, cycling thoughts is yeah. you're you're actively working to calm that stress response. Right. So you're yes, you're not right. shutting it away. You're not kind of forcing it out. You're not ignoring it. You're bringing it to the surface and you're kind of really calming it down. Now, before we go, and I think we're going to have to have a whole other chat about sleep because we're not covering anything to do with it really no, like in, in any detail <laughs> but but you know when our cortisol is high our melatonin is always going to be low so melatonin yeah. we need to sleep with our, our sleep hormone and if we have got high cortisol at before bedtime it, i describe it like a seesaw so we really you know from a dietary point of view i do a lot of work with clients to make sure they're eating the right types of food um, later on in the day that we're doing all of that kind of stress response stress management stuff the routine dimming off lights less blue light or blue light blocker glasses getting light in the eyes first thing in the morning so in the pineal gland which yes. um, brings us our cortisol in the morning if all those little things however we're not even touching on the fact that there are medical reasons that people are struggle to sleep you know absolutely um, and there's physiological reasons why people struggle to sleep so we're not touching yes. any of that we're just kind of talking on kind of everyday General. things that we could put into place but but without a doubt poor sleep or poor quality sleep will contribute to um fatigue in the day so we've got yes. um a neurotransmitter called um no no oh what is it called i've got covid brain <laughs> Oh my goodness, it's completely gone. But we have got, uh, and I will find it and I'll put it in the show notes. Um, we've got a neurotransmitter that builds up during the day. So in an ideal world, it starts off at like rock bottom in the morning, right? And as the yeah. day goes on, it increases. And actually, after about 12 hours from waking and up, it reaches its peak and it makes us feel drowsy, right? Okay. Um, now there's certain things can go into our receptors in our brain to block it to make us wake up chocolate so theobromine and caffeine are two of those things right yeah so yep. it's why whenever we have caffeine we have got that block in that receptor and we are then feel awake now what yes. happens whenever the caffeine or the theobromine wears off is that the receptors just open again and the drowsiness or the sleepiness floods back in again right yes now when we have a good quality sleep 
that resets that curve so it brings it right back down again so we should okay. then in the morning wake up feeling awake now if we don't have a good quality sleep or we don't get enough sleep that level doesn't go right down to zero so we wake up yeah. feeling drowsy and then our default position is drowsy and it goes like that during the day right so yeah we're we're talking a lot about vicious cycles here, right? So, you know, you imagine you wake up and you feel drowsy. What do you reach for? You go for a coffee. You go for a, yes. a carb-rich breakfast. Sugar. Yeah. We'll go yeah. on to blood sugar regulation in a minute because I think that's, if anybody knows me, it's what I speak about to everybody. Um, starting the day off with a coffee and just carbs for breakfast might make you feel yeah. good for an hour. A little while. And then you're going to crash <laughs> again, right? But yeah. that person that wakes up feeling drowsy is going to reach for the stimulants and is going to be looking for the stimulants during the day, is not going to have that clarity of thought um, or the motivation to go and have a salad at lunchtime, say, for example. Right. You know, it's just not going to. And, and then they're going to feel demotivated, not again, not want to go and see their friends or not want to go out for a walk. And we just have that cycle, right? And that fatigue, that's, that's that right. low level fatigue can be there really easily. And it's constant people, you know, like as we've always kind of said to the clients as well, if you start off with that um, in the morning, a sugary breakfast cereal, for example, along with a coffee, you get that kind of come down um, with your blood sugar. Um, and then the first thing they reach for is something like a biscuit or a chocolate bar or a bit of cake. And then same thing happens again. Same happens again at lunch and it happens throughout the day. And then obviously from this side of thing as well as a massive contributor to weight gain, yeah. which, you know, and then like you say, it's a vicious circle, obviously, um, you know, in, in terms of your, your physical health, um, the poorer condition you feel internally and externally also has a massive contribution towards fatigue. And how long you can stand for, how how physically fit you are, yeah. um, which is a you know, and your diet's got a huge contribution, the biggest contribution um, to to that in terms yeah. of your your body. Yeah. So from a from a let's let's touch really briefly then on blood sugar regulation. So, um, we mentioned a wee minute ago about um, what well, what you've just said a second ago about eating those foods and reaching for those foods during the day yeah. when we feel that way. I don't know about you, but I get quite a lot of people come to me and say, you know, I've got no willpower and I just have, you know, I just I have that biscuit or have that five biscuits and I just can't say no. And then not long after I'm wanting a sandwich and, you know, what's wrong with me? Like, why can I not just say no to those things? <laughs> so, and from yeah. the blood sugar and then we we'll have all that guilt and shame and everything. Right. But yeah, yeah, we can speak about that in, in another episode. But like if you really just show people and explain if this is what happens when we're not managing our blood sugar levels well from a physiological point of view your body is craving carbohydrates right yes so if you start the day like you're you're the example with kind of a sugary cereal and sometimes i don't even like using a sugary cereal as, as an example yeah Funny, i was sending somebody yesterday we used um special k as a as an example right uh -huh. and you know you're the same age as me you remember in like the i don't know the 90s or like a special k diet was like all like trendy trendy uh, yes. yeah yeah, so yeah like with yeah. like the with the berries on top or whatever yeah that's so right like, that's just carbs right so yeah. that will really simple carbohydrates will break down to sugar like that 
right? Yep. That will spike our blood sugar levels. And what you mentioned a minute ago about weight gain is whenever we spike, so every time our blood sugar levels spike, we store fats, right? It's a protective yes. mechanism that happens. We tend to store it around our waist. Yeah. We, when we spike, we're going to we release insulin anyway, right? But the bigger the spike, the more insulin we need to produce. Yeah. So once we then have got a big surge of insulin, the blood sugar levels then will crash, and it's that yes. crashing that causes that physiological response of I need sugar. Our brain needs glucose, <laughs> and our brain in that response says, "Give me glucose in any way that you possibly can." So, and, and unfortunately, some people think that just means something sweet. It doesn't. So, you know, it's also, I crave a bowl of pasta. I crave toast. I crave pizza, right? That yeah, still yeah. is a sign. And that, though anything that's carby tends to be because we are, we're not getting that blood sugar level right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when we're at that bottom level of, of the curve, we, again are tired but it's like that absolutely function tired it's i can't concentrate all i can think about is food or a coffee or a red bull or a whatever um and our body is craving it so a lot of the time it's nothing to do with willpower or um how we what we say to ourselves it's actually if we get that right and we keep it nicely balanced so really quickly um is there protein with each meal and snack? And is there fiber in in your diet? Yeah. Because yes. The, the protein and the fiber are harder to break down in our body. So the sugar, instead of it spiking, so, you know, is there fiber? So instead of a white slice of toast, can you swap it to a brown slice of toast? Because there's yeah. fiber in a brown slice of toast. Yes. Can you yeah. add an egg onto it because then there's some protein. Protein. Can you put on yep. a nut butter. Yeah. Um, and it's like those little tweaks or those little hacks that we do um, will mean that the blood sugar levels will rise and fall. So we do not see those dips in energy that are yeah. typically mid-morning and mid-afternoon if the blood sugar level is not right. Staying within the boundaries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's funnily enough, the, the, other, um, the other side to your diet. And now, by the way, I'm not advocating what I did here at all. I did this as an experiment. And this is something I've done, I suppose, in, in my years of personal training as well. I, I would never discount anything, um, particularly if it's something I've not tried. Yeah. So when I when in the past, when I've been asked about certain diets or fads or whatever, I thought, you know what, I'll give it a go for a couple of days yeah. or whatever and see how I feel. So then I'm that's the best place I can be to actually educate people on if I'm educating myself and how I felt myself. Um, but I did fasting um, last year. Um, I did a training course and I did it as a reset um, of, of my metabolism. But um, more so, to be honest with you, it was actually to, um, to teach myself discipline. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I set it to myself as a challenge. So I did a 72-hour fast with drinking just water, um, not taking anything on at all. Um, one, because I wanted to see if I could do it. And the feeling of accomplishment at the end, I'm designed to, to boost my self-esteem. That was the kind of the, the purpose. And I knew it would be a challenge for me because I love my food, Laura, you know. So um, that was the, the first reason. And the second reason, yeah, the, um, the reset of the metabolism. Yeah. 
So anyway, I did it, by the way. So I managed mm -hmm. it. Well, just, I didn't know, didn't die at and, all, to be honest. <laughs> and, <laughs> but it was hard. And the first thing I craved was fruit and vegetables. Was I was desperate for fruit and vegetables. I, and when you go back to eating again, you've got to gradually ease yourself back in. You can't just go straight in having a large meal. So I, was, I think I had a, a, a smoothie or some um, fruit and yogurt or something. But anyway, the purpose of the story is the, the, the first thing that I noticed more than anything, rather than just my physical fatigue, which I did, was actual my mental fatigue. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. at the time I was delivering a, a course um, and I was trying to say stuff and like I, I couldn't like the words just weren't coming into my brain and I was like what is going on I felt really strange like you um, see like, that with people that do low carb diets as well it's just yes. the lack of glucose your poor brain yes. your poor know, brain and the poor people poor doing the course the with you I hope you gave them a refund eh did you give them a refund I held it together. I held. Oh, it did together. all right. Okay. Oh yeah, no, I was fine. They they wouldn't have noticed, um, but I noticed. <laughs> I don't think they did. Um, but I, I noticed with, within myself. Yeah. But it was purely, you know, it's we we sometimes we know that nutrition is so important for our bodies and so important for um, you know our our vital organs, and sometimes me personally until that moment tend to forget how important it is yeah. for our brain in particular yeah. to function and um it was so obvious to me after it when it really stuck with me which actually it has good. been a good learning yeah. but um uh, and that's yeah, a learning for you with again. clients as well because you yes. know if you had a client that was coming to you saying you know i'm exercising this amount and i'm really tired because that's something i've put down here too um is that training versus under fuel in peace is missed a lot with people that that, yeah. that that train because they don't sometimes they don't realize how much fuel they're actually needing to train at the levels that they are, you know? Yes. That's right. Yeah, right. that's right. And I suppose another volume piece of food to as well as the specific the different breakdowns, yes. you know. Um, and you know, we we obviously have spoken about diets in one of our previous episodes and I think we'll maybe come back and speak about stuff like that again because you and I are obviously yeah. very very passionate about it and I don't think we covered half of what we wanted to in no, that, no, in that no. particular episode but you know under fueling and putting our body in that um restricted state has got such a different uh, different effects within our body you know mentally as well as physically fatigued you know uh, absolutely and probably another knock-on from from this as well because we could probably talk about fatigue all day Laura aware that we'll need to bring it to a close sooner or later um but the the other the other part uh, which we haven't touched on on the exercise front would be overtraining yeah yeah and, I've got that um, in here that, too. Yeah. which is a huge a huge contribution to fatigue and, and not whether, having rest days yes not having rest days and um I as I'm getting older, uh, I'm getting a lot better at um, at rest days and planned rest days. I must admit, probably um, 15 years ago, I probably wasn't quite so good. But you know the crazy thing about it? If I look at, looked at myself 10 years ago, um, so I'm 40 this year. So if I looked at myself in my last year in my 20s versus my last year in my 30s, 
I think I'm fitter and in better shape now, um, 10 years um, beyond. Um, and I think because probably I'm more knowledgeable and more in tune with my body, I understand what it needs. And probably because um, you're know, eating better and the fatigue element's definitely a huge part of it because I think I probably was prone to overtraining quite a lot. Mm-hmm um before and uh but that yeah. comes in a bit a bit of a stress response but as well to be honest or a bit of a yes. tunnel vision response so you know i don't know how you trained in at that stage but i think i certainly did because you get so many endorphins and you feel so good and you're ticking off your training days or you're ticking off whatever and it's very much you know training is part of me and the gym is part of me yes. or whatever you know but yeah if we we don't see the bigger picture and it's whenever you certainly for me whenever I do have the rest days and I physically can feel and mentally can feel the benefits of having that recovery because it's one thing to be told it right because you're always told that you know you need to have rest days blah 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 blah, blah. but to actually <laughs> feel it is a completely different thing and um, can I go on yes. really quickly I've got three more things I want to cover before we finish I'm really conscious that yeah been for, for a long yeah. time and um, we should have maybe done this in two parts because there's always tons to talk about um, a specific nutrients that I would look at within diets to make sure that that are really, really important for energy production. Magnesium sure. is a big one. Um, and magnesium is in group, really rich in green leafy veg. So, you know, a, a lot of the nutrients that I'm just about to say here, if you're eating a whole food diet and you are having a variety of fruits and vegetables and a variety of proteins, you should be getting yep. enough of these nutrients. Um, yep. But, you know, other signs apart from fatigue that we could be depleted in magnesium could be headaches, could be muscle cramps, could be constipation. Um, so magnesium is actually one of the minerals that is probably most deficient in people. Um, and yeah, green leafy veg is the best source poor sleep magnesium right so yep, if you've got yep. insomnia i would always be thinking about is there magnesium with, along with leg cramps and headaches and um yes the other biggie is iron which yeah. sounds so obvious right but it is missed so much so yes, getting absolutely. iron status and getting um b12 status and getting folate status um for me is really important for clients in, in practice and um, b vitamins uh, iron and um, i would always be looking at i would never supplement without knowing what somebody's iron levels are and um, there's so many it's so easy to get supplements off the shelf and um, but i would urge everybody not to especially with iron because there's such a narrow window between deficiency and toxicity with iron and actually too much iron in our body is um can be just as problematic as too little iron so really knowing yes. what your status is is really really important um and as common as we know it is we forget about it quite a lot um especially yes. in women and women who have got heavy periods as well i would always be thinking iron and um, yeah then th- then i would be looking at, at the b vitamins so b vitamins are really really important within the krebs cycle for energy and um, as is um coenzyme q10 so you know there's there's the specific nutrients I would be thinking about, but I would be looking at whenever I think about that, is your diet varied? Is your diet whole foods? Is there lots of yeah. green leafy vegetables in there? Is there nuts and seeds in there? Is there protein in there? You know, and um, 
are you getting complex carbohydrates? Um, Because you'd be surprised how many people still come thinking carbs are bad um, and they're cutting out carbs and then they're exhausted and they wonder why. Um, I know I'm making that sound really silly, but it's not silly. It's because low-carb diets have been told that they work the wonders. But it's no, no carbs for marbs, Laura. You know, that's what they say. So. <laughs> You're good. I haven't heard that in a while. Um, so, yeah, those are the nutrients. Um, and then really quick, really quickly, I wanted to talk about two of our um, functions within our body that I would also be thinking about whenever it comes to fatigue is hormones right so what for for a man and for a woman um at what stage in your life are you what is going on with your hormones is there a dysregulation within your hormones for where you are in your life and is there any kind of dysfunction going on that we can support Um, and then really closely linked to both the hormone hormones and also to our adrenals is our thyroid function is our thyroid functioning properly Um, and again i would test for that before doing anything Um, and knowing that and because we need our adrenals so our our little lovely little stress glands we need them to be functioning properly for our thyroid to be functioning properly so there's such an interconnection between all of this but under an underactive thyroid if we if we've got either a subclinical underactive thyroid or a clinical underactive thyroid will feel fatigued yes yeah perfect yep too much information thrown in there at the end not at all really good and um you've gone quiet i've never heard you go quiet before Eh? i said you've gone quiet i've never seen you go quiet before (laughs) It's yeah, most people know me. That's unbelievably unusual. Well, I was going to just say, just uh, at, at the end there, just to I suppose, just kind of agree with what you are saying. Um, with regards to your your essential vitamins and minerals, we should always try our very best to get that from our diet, shouldn't we? And obviously, yeah. there's so many supplements out there. You can get that. I mean, I saw numerous of them in um, the supermarket the other day when I was in, and. Um, just sitting on the shelf, etc., and and you're right. Unless you're actually properly looking, getting blood tests, etc., done, having a look where you're at, you you don't know how much of it you need, and you don't know if you're going to be taking too much. And um, and you also don't know if your body's going to be breaking it down. Then, like, yes. it comes back to the digestion, mm-hmm. and you know, even if we take away the quality of the supplements, that's a whole other conversation because you know some supplements have got so many fillers and binders and stuff in them that actually the amount of the nutrients you're going to be getting is probably going to be minimal and what is the form of the nutrient in there is it actually absorbable in our body and a lot of the cheaper ones aren't and they're 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 a complete waste of money and not even cheaper ones right like some of the ones i recommend to my clients are they're definitely not expensive but i know where they're coming from i know how they're made and i know what's in them yeah and i'm also trained to know whether that person will benefit from it or not. But whenever it comes back to digestion, if we've got a poor digestive system and we're taking a capsule and we're expecting our body to break it down, we're just going to put it back out. Yeah, never going to happen, is it? But yeah, we could talk about supplements for a whole other conversation as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's a whole other discussion. (laughs) Um, And the last thing I wanted to mention really quickly, because I think if we don't mention this, um, we will be annoyed with ourselves is 
post-viral. I think both of us have, have had yes. it, I'm at the end of having yep. it. Um, obviously, when our immune system is under stress, we are going to be tired. Our body yes. is telling us to rest. Um, and we don't know, you know, post kind of long COVID and, and the, the long-term effects that we're going to be supporting after COVID um, is really multifaceted. And we're not going to talk about that today, but I'm working with a lot of people who unfortunately have got long COVID at the minute. Yeah, um, not nice. So yes, that's that it would also come into my, my diagram that I've got. Very nice diagram. You can't see that here, but it's really nice. Uh, one final point from me on the kind of the fatigue side of things and it's more from my kind of life coaching side of things I suppose um, what a lot of people don't realize um, energy comes from movement so um, you know your uh, your psychology and your physiology working together so um, for example if I'm out for a walk um, my energy levels increase and therefore my energy levels contribute to feeling positive within myself and have a positive feeling. You know, how many times have we been out for a walk when we couldn't be bothered going or going out for a run or whatever? We go out for a wee while and we come back and say, I'm really glad I did that because you've got that feeling of positivity and that's caused by the change in your, your physiology, um, your psychology improves. Um, from a fatigue point of view, it works the other way too. Is it not true that if we're sitting on front of a TV watching a box set on Netflix that we feel pretty lazy, we feel pretty fatigued from sitting down because we're not using any energy, we're not building any energy. And a lot of the time we can feel a little bit down and a little bit um, negative based on that again. And again, that's just our physiology affecting our psychology. So top tip. Um, for me here would be, first of all, if uh, you don't want, if you feel like you can't be bothered going and doing something like a walk, do it. Because in my opinion, that's the difference between success and failure. That's those moments where you decide, so that I'm going to do it anyway, are the moments that push you on to new levels and, and your progress and really make you succeed. Um, and be conscious of the fact that your physiology is affecting your psychology. Realize that I'm tired, so I don't want to go for a walk because I've been sitting <laughs> watching a box set for three hours. The best thing for you, funnily enough, to give you more energy is to go and actually yeah. use some yeah. energy and actually get out walking. So I would say next time you feel that way, get up, go for a walk, change your physiology, move around, jog on the spot, do something, walk down the bottom of the garden and back or down the end of the road and back, take the dog for a walk. Um, take the kids out on the bike, do something, but just move because yeah. that will affect your fatigue as well and how you feel within yourself. I'd like to add a little bit to that as well. Um, is you know a lot of us have quite sedentary jobs and sometimes yes. sit down at a desk and and don't move. You know, a yeah. lot of uh, you know having even food at our desk and and whatever. You yes, know, and really feel that fatigue, especially in the afternoon and being really conscious of I have been sitting down and I've barely moved just standing up and as you said move if you can't get out of for a walk even just stand up taking a meeting for five minutes and shaking you know I shake off yeah you know I'm doing um I'm doing a, a course at the minute and it's three days in a row from morning till evening without moving yeah. 
and I just find myself doing this, shaking, yes. you know, yeah. just to get, because my brain just starts to go, you know, yes. after two hours, my brain is just like down. So getting up and moving and not even doing star jumps, but just getting that energy going. Just get moving. Because, hmm? I mean, you're right. So many people leave the house, sit down in their car to drive, to work, to sit down at a desk. Yeah. To get back in the car, to sit down in and the then car, wonder why they're tired. Drive home and yeah. then sit on the sofa. Yeah. You know, yeah. and wonder why they're tired. Exactly. Yeah. And it's yeah, it absolutely it's your it's your physiology um, and the effect that it has. And hopefully, like I know we've you know, we've gone through so much in this episode. Um and I think if anybody's listening and thinking, Oh my goodness, I can't do all of that, or maybe that is all of that is related to me pick one thing and try, you know, absolutely. try the movement thing or look at your diet is, you know, are those nutrients, is there magnesium and B rich vitamins in there, you know, is, you know, could you, could you work on some sleep hygiene, you know, could you yeah. chew your food a bit better or slow down whenever you're eating and looking at our food which really works to support the digestive system. Is there one thing that you could try? We're not, the reason why we've gone into so much detail today is not because we expect this, everybody to do everything on here. This is not, it's not what it's about. This was to show how, how varied it can be, you know? Yes, what a contributing factor. And how individual it can be as well. Yes. And um, it's never just a, oh, I am tired, and that is because X. And it's really a lot of what I do with clients that have got fatigue is the detective hat on to see why. And it's never one yeah. thing. It's no. usually different things. So if anybody's got any kind of individual personal questions in any of this, um or something that we've not covered that we've completely missed out, which may have happened, and um, yeah. drop either of us a message yeah. um, and get in touch. For sure. Yeah. Awesome, right. Laura. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.